0: I think, I mean, yeah, that's a very, in a sense, loaded question because honestly, I think that um, people make a mistake when they kind of chase that shiny object, like the new method, the new way. When in reality, right, like that's all a deliverable. Like you, um, it's what's in the back end that matters. Uh, So I always say start with your offer and hone into that offer and the transformation that your offer brings to your client. Because that's what that's what sells. Like it's not the challenge, it's not the webinar, it's not the lead magnet. It's the actual transformation that you are getting your clients. Um, So that that's that's. I always kind of like try to put that into my clients' mind because it's it's so easy to get into that chasing. No, you know, I heard challenges are working. I want to run a challenge. When for me, for example. I'll be honest, being on this podcast is a big step out of my comfort zone. I'm shy. I I am very, I'm no <laughs> very no timid. Um, So the concept of even me thinking of running my own challenge, it's nerve wracking. Like, I, I don't know if I would be good at it because I don't know if I would be able to deliver it the right way. Um, So it's also like finding what works for you, because if it's not, if you're not comfortable, you won't sell it right. Um, so I think that's more so the the questions I, I, I kind of put it in my clients' heads and then draft the strategy based on their strengths.
1: Uh, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simon. Yeah, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I remember my boy, David E. Simon. Welcome to another episode of How I Discover My Gift. It's your host, David D. Simons. I'm honored and delighted to have today's guest on the show, Deanna Burgos. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, David, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Absolutely. The moment I heard your story and which we're going to get deep into, I said, we have to have you on the show. I I look at you as a hidden weapon in the digital marketing realm. And um, people need to know about all the amazing work that you and your company are doing uh, to impact the lives of so many. So, um, Dana, if you could just take us through the journey just Take us how you got into this whole digital marketing space. Take us from, I want to start with, if you don't mind, into your childhood, through through the journey and, and where you are today.
0: Awesome. So I never imagined I would end up in anything related to digital marketing at all. Um, I was that girl that had a plan since very little. I've always loved fashion. I used to sew and make my own outfits in high school and middle school. Um, So that was the plan. Like I, that's, I I knew it from, I loved it. I knew it. So that's what I went to school for. I went to, I graduated from um, the University of Rhode Island with a fashion design and textiles degree. And that was the initial goal, start a business some way, somehow in, in that field. And life happened. Um, I got, I got married we got we got pregnant. I got married pretty young um, so the idea of moving to New York was out of the window because I didn't want to live in New York with a kid. Um, so I ended up with a job in my town in the field, which that alone was a blessing because there's I live in Connecticut in West Hartford at the time. there's nothing related to fashion and In in that scheme of things, at all in this town, so to find that job was a blessing of its own. But it wasn't what I wanted to do. It was I was grateful for it, but I was bored. Um, I used to be a technical designer, so I wasn't actually a designer at the time, and that mean what that meant is basically do fittings every single day, uh, measure the garments and sketched them out, flat sketches. And that was my everyday. And I was bored out of my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So after that, actually, we had our second daughter. And um, after my second uh, maternity leave, I came back and the company actually started shutting down. So they were doing massive layoffs. Um, And I got laid off. So a month after going back, I got laid off. So at that time, uh, we were married, two kids, uh, two-year-old and a newborn. And we had just gotten our, home, our, our our first home, so we were kind of like screwed. Uh, but with all that, I knew I didn't want to go back to a random job. And I've always had it in my heart that I wanted to have a business. I wanted to do something of my own. And I used I used to um, I used to create bridal accessories, uh, high end accessories, and I was selling them at a bridal store in the past. So. Mm-hmm. In my head i was like i'll just you know i'm pretty techy. i can't figure out how to sell online and i made this beautiful website i kind of learned all the shopify stuff the plugins The i uh, i'm pretty um creative because obviously fashion design it's the, the creative side of things comes pretty easy for me so i made the website look all pretty and all the graphics and all that good stuff i did a photo shoot myself it was all the, the whole thing was all beautiful and I launched it and I couldn't get traffic to it. I, I couldn't get a sale. I couldn't, I would just go on the analytics every single day and it was crickets. So through that, I was like, there has to be, there's more to this. Like there has to be more how to make this work. So I kind of, that kind of led from one to another in terms of what I started kind of digging through and trying to figure out how to make it all work. Um, I ended up getting an ad for a, how to start an online business seminar, uh, in our town. So we, you know, I I talked my husband into going, he was kind of not sure, but he, he, he came with me. And when we got there, it, it turned out to be affiliate marketing, which again, very new at that time. I had no idea what it was, but the initial promise was that it would teach you how to grow a business online, regardless of the business you have. Um, at that time, we, my husband had started a cleaning company in the commercial field as well, so a local company. And I was trying to start my own thing. So we figured, why not? It'll help both of us. Um, so we took the plunge and we kind of dive into it. it. It was a high ticket affiliate marketing company. So it was a high ticket um, investment that we did. I think we paid like 20K for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we put all of that in credit cards. We kind of just took the leap of faith and it felt good. It, I, I knew in my heart that it's it was the right thing to do. Uh, so I had like prayed about it because that's the first time we've ever invested in something like that out of like college, uh, you know, other than college or like a home purchase. Um So we took the plunge and we figured we're young enough that if something goes wrong we'll have time to rebuild. And we did, we, we we joined and we started doing, uh, well, it was a lot. It, 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 I, you know, once we joined, it was pretty scary because I realized it was nowhere near as easy as what it was made to to seem. Um, so I, I, I'm I a perfectionist. I'm like that type, type A personality. And I kind of, I'm like, all right, well, we already took, the, you know we, we we made the decision we paid we joined like we have to like there's no there's no other option like we have to just figure it out mm-hmm. uh, so I started kind of like searching what all the like high affiliates were doing trying to understand what's happening what they're doing uh, and I kind of started breaking down the pieces of how it all worked so we kind of started mimicking what they were doing um, using you know the whole concept of like um, don't reinvent the wheel, like follow someone that's doing it and just mimic it. I wasn't copying it, but I was using it as a, as a blueprint. Uh, and that started working. And then we realized that the people who were actually succeeding were the ones actually paying mentorship. So actually really learn and get the additional help. So we decided to do that too. And we did. And then that was the second investment. So it was like really like... We're really going on a whim here. Like either this works or it doesn't work at all. Like we're screwed. And I learned a ton. Investment. So we. So the initial investment was like I want to say I think I said twenty thousand. first. No, it was fifteen thousand. The initial investment and then the mentorship was twenty thousand. So it was like about thirty five. We didn't go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it started adding up quickly. And obviously, as we all know, we have to have traffic. So we went into the Facebook ads um, route. So that's how I kind of got into the world of Facebook and understanding offers, like how to bring people into your funnel and then like don't, you know, selling them into your higher ticket and the nurturing and all of that good stuff. So that was like my first experience in kind of understanding that world because I had nothing. I had no clue about any of that prior to that. And we started actually doing well. Like, you know, I would wake up every morning and send out my daily email and like another email at nighttime. And I started seeing the momentum of people, you know, being drawn to us and responding back and actually purchasing. And it was going great until it didn't. <laughs> so the company ended up getting shut down by the FTC, the, the affiliate company. And uh, at that time, we were already on board. Uh, on pace to receive. Well, actually, we had met the quota of selling the minimum. Um, there was like a reimbursement promise guarantee. So if you sold a minimum number of uh, um, packages, you would get your reimbursement back, as well as on top of that your commission. So we had met those those those, those quotas. So we were supposed to get our fifteen thousand reimbursement. Plus all the high ticket um, commissions in the back end. So we were, I think we were expecting like about a hundred k payout or some something like that. Like it was pretty, yeah. Like that was the first time we started like seeing like twenty k checks come in and like another take ten k check. Um, we only we only got I think thirty thousand in commissions because the rest of the of, of the of the difference was was scheduled to be paid out on the week after the the company shut down. they when it got shut down they froze everything so overnight they froze everything and there was no communication the websites went down so we were like totally like totally at that point like screwed like there was nothing we can do um so at that point we were still not in terms of a break even we were like get with that payout we were going to be very close to it but not not a break even or profit yet obviously we knew going into it that it was you know it was going to take time until we gain momentum break broke even and continue profiting um but unfortunately for us with all the investment the upfront investment and the you know the marketing spend um and no commissions uh we were left with like about 200k in debt or so yeah so it was no fun um it's it's. I always say it's God's timing is perfect with everything because at that time we considered going bankrupt because we had no idea. I mean, we had no idea how any of that worked and we only had our house in uh, a car. So we, we were like, all right, well, let's hopefully if we fail, like we were never going to pay this off, like no way. If we foul, maybe we can uh, you know start from scratch um, we weren't we weren't sure what would happen in terms of losing our home or not and all that stuff um, but they told us that we wouldn't because it was in terms of how that works and how much equity and all that kind of stuff we wouldn't lose our home so to us that was that was good on its own like we're fine with that. Um, you know we'll rebuild we we'll learn from this and move forward. So we paid the lawyer to go through the bankruptcy and then he disappeared. (laughs) So he disappeared for, I think it was like two, three years, like between going back and forth and trying to figure it out, like what's, you know, what's because he would kind of like it was very weird, like in terms of like how he was processing it. He kept saying that you guys are, you know, your case is not as bad. Like we're prioritizing more important cases, blah, blah, blah. So to us, it was like, OK, I get that. Like, obviously, there's people at the risk of losing everything. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but with all of that, it turned into a two to three year process because he filed it incomplete. So they went through, but then it, they, it didn't get approved. So we had that on our record that we filed for bankruptcy. Um, but between all of that, obviously, we were like, OK, well, we're not losing our home. Like, that's good. So at least we're, we have that stability. Um, in that time, my husband's cleaning company, it was still very small, like it was gaining some momentum, but we had kind of stopped putting effort into it because we were putting more effort into the marketing business, the online uh, affiliate business. So we used the rest of the credit. We have to basically build that out. So we paid for a website. We used everything we learned in that over that journey to kind of apply it to the local business, which, um. There's some things you can use, some that you can apply. There's others, obviously, that you can't. Um, but we definitely took a lot of what we learned for our, to our, our advantage to kind of push that through. And um, you know, thankfully, by the grace of God, that's grown. Um, so that 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 thank God for my husband for kind of keeping his head above above the water and taking action because I think it took me three months to kind of like get get back up because I was so confused. Like, what just happened? Um, especially as Christians, like, to me, when we went into that, like, I felt like it was the right thing, so when everything went south, it was, like, so confusing, I was, like, so lost, like, what are we gonna do, like, what am I gonna do, like, like, am I starting over, am I going back to a job, like, I had no idea, so he, he was great at that, he, he really took, um, (laughs) kind of let me go through what what I was going through, and he kind of just took the reins on that, and did what he had to do, and, um, yeah, that, that's kind of taken off. So that's, um, that's going strong up until now. So that, that's that after that three month period, I was like, all right, like I'm, we got to do something. Like we didn't just go through all of that for nothing. Right. And it always stuck out to me, like something that one of the people in, in the company used to say, where he used to say, you know, like you can lose everything except what you've learned. So, you know, it's only a failure if you stop doing it. So that kind of kept ringing in my ear i remember i spoke to like um there's a pastor i can't recall his name right now that i follow that i was like very into business and stuff mm-hmm. um that's like his whole ministry is like business related i'm like totally blanking on his name myron. but i spoke with him what is it
1: myron golden is
0: it- no it's not myron golden oh, okay. no yeah. um i do follow him though and he's amazing uh, but no, it wasn't him. But I ended up speaking with him because I was like so confused. Like, do I go back to doing affiliate marketing? Like, do I go back to pursuing what I initially got into, uh, into that, to do my accessories, to get into the whole fashion thing? Or do I go back to a job? Like, I was so confused. So he kind of helped me like work through that. Um, and more more than that, also pay up for a marriage because as you know, most marriages fail for financial um, reasons. So that, that was a big, um, that, that was big, that, that, that really set a lot of peace. Um, and then after that we were like, okay, well I started kind of like digging through what I knew, what I didn't know, what I'm comfortable with, what I'm not comfortable with. And I was like, well, I'm good at Facebook ads right now. Like, I mean, we kind of figured that out, like, cause we started moving, we were getting results. So I came across Dan Henry's ad and I was like, mm, maybe I can start an agency But again, I'm a very type A person, so I won't start something unless I know that I can do it really well. Mm -hmm. So I bought, we actually, that's the last course we bought with the last amount of credit that we had in the credit cards. Mm -hmm. Um, That and the mentorship that he had, like his inner circle at the time or something like that. But that kind of gave me an idea of how to get started, what to do, and I started running ads for some local businesses Um, I ended up meeting an amazing guy um, that used to run his coaching, uh, which again, right? Like God's timing and how he opens doors when we least expect it in ways that we can't even imagine. Uh, But I just remember like always, uh, I've always been the type of person that uh, when I want to learn something, I just ask a million questions until I know it. Uh, So I used to ask this particular guy, all these questions. And then, Uh, He was very, he was awesome. And then he actually started working at the Cardone Current Agency uh, at the time. I guess he used to work for for Frank current and he started working when they united. He became kind of like the guy responsible for building or or being overlooking the agency. So he posted on his Facebook, on his feed about, you know, looking for media buyers. And in my head, I was like, well, if I want to start an agency, maybe I can start working as a media buyer because then I can kind of learn the ins and outs of, what an agency is like i had no idea about that business i just knew facebook ads and that's one piece of the puzzle right Uh, but i was too shy i was so nervous i was still kind of shaking up by everything and to me i've always gotten attacked with my thoughts and i started doubting myself like do i really know enough like is this like it's not for me so i just remember liking his his um, his post and I just left it at that like no way like I'm not going to be able to work for them like I don't I don't have a marketing degree I don't know enough like I just kind of started Um, but anyways he reached out he was like I'm looking for media buyers like send me what you have like you know results you've gotten and then we'll go from there so I sent him a video of some of the current stuff I had done and some of the the event campaigns I had done for the affiliate marketing because they used to do event based marketing. Um, and he was like, yeah, you're hired. So I was like, really? Like, are you serious? <laughs> so that was like a huge thing. Cause obviously at that point, we were still kind of getting back up and everything. Um, and I just took that for all it was worth. Like I just learned as much as I could. I used to ask him a million questions and just, um, I was put in various, um, positions during that time, which, Some were uncomfortable, some I hated, but I I knew my, my, my ultimate goal was not working there. It was starting my agency. So I kind of did that and like, I was okay with doing that in in purpose because I wanted to kind of understand what happened in each, in each position, how everything works and all that good stuff. Um, but he was great. I mean, I used to, is there not, Hernan Vasquez is his name. I used to ask him a ton of questions, a million questions. Now, until he put me on timeout literally one time. He was like, that's <laughs> it. Like you're timed out for like the next three hours. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I learned, I learned so much from him and just that experience itself. Um, and then once they closed, I kind of, you know, again, I started working with a couple other smaller agencies and I still actually work with Frank Kern. Uh, like I, I run some of his, um, I do some work for him, uh, in, in various aspects. Uh, but it's, it, it's been awesome. And then after that, I was like, all right, I, I, I understand how this works now. I, I understand the whole concept, the whole client relation, building and, and how to get the results. Cause that was my biggest thing. I don't want people paying me if I know I can't deliver. Yeah. So I was so, um, and it's very different, right, from kind of the culture of of a lot of um, gurus who is just like just go and then just get started and you 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 move as you go, you you improve as you go. I'm not like that. I to me it's like if I know I can't deliver, like I don't want like. Clients are putting their trust on me with their hard-earned money. Like I've seen my dad go through this himself because he also has a cleaning company. Funny enough, but I, I, I've seen I, I've seen their side of things when like they put they put their hard-earned money and you know it's, people get taken advantage. So I didn't want that. I didn't want to do that until I knew I could. Um, so after that, I was like, all right, like, you know, step by step I'm gonna start building this. And that's, that's kind of how we all, we got into it. I still haven't gone back into fashion design. Maybe someday I will, but, um, I love this. It kind of, it's a good mix of, um, I've always liked business, but the whole, cre- you know, running ads, like being creative with your strategy, like, I think that's where like the creativity ties into it. Right. Um, and I love it.
1: Wow wow that's kind of my story i know i love it so many takeaways from your story right so i'm just gonna recap a few a few points for for listeners uh first thing was you know you just said you know what we're gonna follow our gut right you said i'm gonna follow the gut and you felt like god was leading you towards a way of towards this you said you felt like it was the right opportunity but it but when you went through the trial it, it was like did I make a wrong mistake? But the reality was you felt the right thing. This is like your, your, you know, for, cause we do reference a lot of the Bible. This mm-hmm. is like your Joseph in the palace to the, to the, yeah. of, in the pit to the palace moment. So you went through the pit and then, and then you had to go through this dark place. I can imagine, you know, just not knowing how things were going to get taken care of, how you're going to pay back this 200 K of debt. Um, and just wondering if you're going to lose your house. And then you go, you get an opportunity. And, and I, what I love about it is you said you were, you know, there was a shyness, but you still said, you know what? I'm just going to put my toe off toe in the water. I'm going to just put a little bit, even though there's doubt and kind of nervousness and shyness. So I'm just going to put my toe by liking. And that one light changed your life. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, because they got to see your opportunity, but in the, in the midst, just like Joseph, you were getting prepared for the next level, you you know. In, in the story with Joseph in the Bible, he he had interpreted dreams for the the baker and the uh, the cup cup bearer and and uh, other other people, and he was preparing. He was using his gift in a way to serve other people, and you were doing mm-hmm. that for local businesses, and then you get this opportunity to do it on a larger scale. And you flourish and you shine and, and it's elevated to your gift. So with yeah. all that said, what is your most dominant gift, Diana? What, what would you say is your most dominant gift?
0: Um, that's a hard question to answer because I'm like very hard on myself sometimes. And it's so easy to focus on like the negative things or like the weaknesses. And I don't. It's funny. That's what something one of my coaches is helping me with, like just pay attention to the wins and, like, the development and all that stuff. Um, Let's put it like this. What do
1: people always say, like, oh, man, Diana's this. She's always this. Or she's, you know, good at this. Like, what do you think about your most dominant one?
0: I think it comes down to, like, honesty and loyalty. Um, Obviously, Mm -hmm. like, we're in business, but... And in this space, it's so easy to you Know, upcharge or take advantage sometimes. Um, I'm not like that, so everything I do it always goes back to who I serve first is it's not people, it's Jesus. So I think my and it's funny because it's something that works sometimes for the good of of, of things for us, but sometimes it can also kind of is too much honesty can go through all the other way. Um, but I, I think it's probably that. Um, at the end of the day, that's what. That's what makes me different, and I think the people who work with me see that.
1: Wow, so so take us through the weave of this, right? So as a child, did you notice this as well? Is have you always been like like the the like? There's a certain honesty, a certain loyalty that stood out that you can remember, or certain stories you can think about that correlate to that. You
0: know, it's funny always honesty so I mean I mean thinking back to like when your teenage years like you know boyfriend girlfriend getting cheated on I hated lies I hated lies so I, I think that's where like it, it comes from um, actually when I, when my husband we actually went to some high school totally would never have thought I would marry him but I went through a bad breakup and I used to go to him and he has to give me advice and like help me and stuff and I used to love his honesty, like, just how raw and just how honest he was. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't, as a child, I don't, I can't think of something specific. It's, I would say mm. more so, like, within that stage, like, you know, the teenage years with friends, like, you know, all that messiness that happens when you're a teenager with good friends, right. bad friends. But that was always one thing, like, I've, I'm loyalty and honesty above everything to me.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And so you said it, it, it plays into the business and, and and with Leads Upward in your company because you don't want to work on something unless you can prove a result for somebody. And that's, like you said, that's very rare in this digital marketing space. <clears throat> Could you speak on some of the, the results that have happened for clients um, working with you and What, what does that look like? How does, how does, how are you able to say, you know what, I think I can help you, or I don't know if I can help you. How does that process go for you?
0: Yeah. So, and before I take on any clients, we always, um, and it's funny, right? Again, in terms of how different agencies do it. I hate sales. I hate selling. I hate feeling like I'm convincing you to do something so I don't do that. We we do an audit. So that's that's the first step. If you come to me, you're looking for services and, um, you know, we'll, if if you're fit the criteria, because we do have a criteria in terms of who we work with. We're a scaling agency. So you do have to have a proven concept, proven, uh, proven product. Uh, but we start with an audit. And then based on that is where we kind of understand, OK, where your business is, can we actually help or, you know, or can we not? Like sometimes there's been times where it's just something I won't be able to help in terms of where they are or the type of business it is. Um, and also the niche, um, I'm Christian. So for example, um, working with certain niches, like it is just something that I, I couldn't do not because of discrimination or any of that, but it's because if I don't believe in it, I, there's no sense in you paying me because I won't be able to Actually deliver and be honest with trying to do the best to sell your service. Um, so that's always what we start off, start off is with an audit, and then based on that, then um, it becomes a conversation, walking you through what we're seeing. Because um, at the end of the day, if you got enough value from us, whether you work with us or not, then you know we've, we've done our job, and usually it works for us. But that's kind of how we how we use that in, in our business and you know we're pretty honest if we see opportunity of growth if we see that we can help uh, if we're aligned in our values um, then we move forward and if not then it's just um, I've learned to say no
1: wow major respect I mean it, it's your honesty and loyalty gift has served you well and, it, and it's all through your business so what is that criteria right just for somebody listening mm-hmm. thinking like Mm, I love what Diana's saying. i, to, I like to work with her. Um, what, what is that criteria?
0: Yeah, so we're a scaling agency. So we're most of our clients have, uh, they already have a proven concept. They've already have some type of, um, you know, funnel. There's some type of strategy going. Um, most of them are making between half a million to a million already. Uh, and they're looking for growth. They're looking to scale. So they need help with strategy aside of just traffic. Um, and either they've already gotten to where they are with paid media and or organically. So obviously those who are doing paid media, they've hit a ceiling in knowledge in terms of how else they can scale and what else they can do to scale their business. And for those who have scaled organically, they usually don't have a paid media strategy in place. So they know they're, they have something strong. They have a strong foundation. They know that, you know, their product is selling. Um, They just haven't dabbled into Facebook ads or or any type of paid media for that matter. And they don't know how to get started correctly. So that's, that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, and again, as long as everything checks out and our values above everything align, then we usually, you know, we move forward or we refer somewhere somewhere else or, or, you know, we kind of go our separate ways there.
1: (laughs) Got it. So take us through an example client that's that, that was, um, already using paid traffic and and how you scaled them up and also take us through an organic example mm-hmm. where they didn't have paid media and then you took them to another level through paid media
0: sure so one particular client uh which is i, I would say it, it was one of our biggest is it was one of our biggest clients um they were selling um real estate investing coaching is what they were selling They used to do in-person events in the past Obviously, when COVID hit, um, that all changed, and they start they transitioned into a virtual um, uh, event. So that was a comp- they they had the proof of concept in, in terms of they were selling their high ticket coaching in person in the past, uh, but this whole new the this whole new concept of virtual virtually being delivered was new. Uh, but we knew the product already. We knew how it, you know, how it sold, how it converted. So we started with the virtual events, and I actually worked with them. They they called me uh, when they were running their first event because uh, the agency they were working with uh, it, it, there was just issues there. And I didn't, I, I told them no for the initial event. I, that's one thing that we don't, we, we usually avoid starting in the middle of campaigns. So, you know, I told them, you know, finish that. And then we'll we'll start from on the second one forward. Uh, and I did, they called me back and we basically took them from that first launch. I think we, uh, I call it a launch, but it, it was a virtual um, masterclass challenge. There's so many ways of calling them now. Um, I don't remember exact numbers, but I think we had maybe like a thousand registrants or a little bit under a thousand registrants. Um, That was the first one. Uh, And we worked with them in the the period of three years. We took them from, I think the first year they made about 5 million. Uh, Second year, we scaled them to, I want to say somewhere close. These are rough numbers, but like 15 million. And the third year they closed 30 million. Um, Again, rough numbers, but in the transition of the three years they scaled they, they basically made 50 million and back in sales obviously that's that's not netting profit but in sales
1: amazing
0: so that that I, I think yeah and, and um again part of what we did was is not just traffic so we're not a traffic agency uh, it's um strategy so kind of under uh, Again, the creativity part of it—that's that's, that's my part. That's what I love. <laughs> so it's kind of getting walking them through. Okay, what's working? What's not working? How can we improve it? What can we add? What do we remove? Um, and you know, event by event, we just kept on perfecting it, and they they had great success. Wow.
1: So the nitty gritty detail is, is 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 where you really excel to really point out um, that those fine tooth things yep. that need to be adjusted from a from whether creative or copy and all of right things.
0: because oh. absolutely because here's the thing right i mean when we're doing paid ads facebook ads youtube ads whatever traffic you're using that's like one piece of the puzzle like and it's only going to reflect on what's working or not working um so it's really understanding and looking at everything with a bird's eye view to understand where's the bottlenecks and what needs to be fixed in order to actually accomplish what we want so that would be the example for paid ads um, with someone who had already a paid strategy but just transitioned into a new uh, approach um, I love when I work with people who have grown organically because it's, it's a complete different thing so that particular client scaled through cold acquisition uh, to that extent um, and obviously numbers and ticket price, like it made sense uh, when I'm working with people who have organic, um, growth and they're, they're, starting their paid strategy it's a little different. Um, I have a particular client who I love working with her. She has an awesome, awesome coaching business and, um, she's a Christian coach as well. So again, like the values, the, the, it's easy to write and to advertise when you you, you have the same values and the same understanding, um but her 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 kind of is a little different so sh- again she's grown organically she's been doing in the past uh again similar workshops uh where she has no problem getting like 500 800 people into her workshops organically which is amazing um uh, like yeah they have the yeah exactly they have I always tell them that like they are rock stars when it comes to like their back end uh cuz it's amazing but with them we've started introducing their paid strategy. So now uh, instead of getting 500 to 800 people, uh, we're doubling their their, their, registr- their registrations. Um, so we've done a little bit of lead gen aside of just direct to sell c- campaigns to get you know, butts in the seats for this virtual events. Uh, but they're doubling, they're doubling their, the, their growth uh, because now, again, we're running traffic and it's only amplifying what's worked in the past uh, through organic.
1: I love Mm -hmm. this. This is so awesome. I mean, so how did you decide, you know, from when you were in the moment of, you know, you're an affiliate, then you got into working, you know, learning, getting under the tutelage of Dan Henry and and your your mentor, Vasquez? um, um, How did you decide you were going to go into a scaling agency as opposed to what most agencies do and they just become, because you could have stayed. I think you were doing some local. You could have yeah. just said, I'm going to just do what everybody else does.
0: Yeah. So it's, um, I think that's where I, I, I was very, um, was very lucky to have been, had the opportunity of working in different agencies, working with a lot of different clients. Cause we always hear like, you know, niche down, niche down. Um, and at first I thought I wanted to do that, uh, with local businesses. Cause again, my husband has a local business. My dad has a local business. Um, But it wasn't as fun. (laughs) I didn't enjoy it much. Um, And it was also a little bit different because at the end of the day, um, when it comes to paid ads, it's always a risk, right? And usually the the smaller local businesses, they're not always at a point where they should be spending money on ads um, or they don't have the actual um, team that need that they need to sustain the growth and or to actually nurture. So it became a lot of the of that where you know we would send leads to to customers, but they couldn't close them because nobody would follow up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it required a little bit more in terms. So when it when I started looking at that, there's totally a big opportunity there in terms of becoming the expert in that specific niche and help them build the back end. Uh, but it just got into a little bit more than what I enjoyed at that point. So I, I I knew that wasn't for me. When I was working in various agencies, the Cardone current agency as well, I had the opportunity of working in a lot of different accounts. So of all types of niches, because um, as we all know, like they're very big with with numbers bringing in new people. So I, I just worked with a lot of different accounts and I was able to realize the type of clients that stayed and the type of clients that don't succeed Um, and and that, that was a big difference again, right? Like it's, it's hard to deliver results when I'm approaching paid ads with, um, a very slight, small budget and, or with the only budget I have. And, you know, to meet the expectations of of business owners of wanting an immediate ROI immediately with paid ads, it's, it's really not feasible. Um, it's not impossible, but it's really not the reality of it, um, So at that point, I knew that I had to either choose, okay, am I going to be either I just take anyone for the sake of taking them and or which I don't like that to I become like a launch agency and help them, which is similar to what you have, right, which where you're actually building the back end and helping them get started, which I also didn't necessarily like that. Mm -hmm. Or then I was like, okay, find clients who are. Because there's a lot of people out there who, who who've done it right like they they've gone through the rush of getting it all going and started but then they hit us they hit a, ce- a ceiling in terms of what they know and what else they can do to scale so i was like that's what i like that's that's mm-hmm. like my sweet spot <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. kind of how the idea of um of that kind of came about
1: wow i look at you like a digital marketing surgeon right? Like you're a specified surgeon. You've already gotten to the general doctor. The doctor can't, can't help you anymore. Go see Diana to get operate, operate on you and take you to another level. Uh, I love, I love that. So, so this is, this is, this is phenomenal. I think you're, you're helping a couple of people here. You're helping small businesses, but you're also helping agency owners that could be listening to this, thinking about really find your area, you know, and yeah. not just find your area, find, find where you can really get, clients to result and take their exponential success and you found yours was within the detail component of scaling now um what would you say to those who like i want to go back to the small business owner because that's Mm -hmm. a big big thing that nobody really talks about in the industry um the results and expectations um and like like let's talk budget let's talk numbers Mm -hmm. like like a small business with a budget of $1,000 a month, you know, $1,500 a month um, is thinking that, oh man, I'm, I'm going to blow this thing up. I'm going to have clients off the wazoo. And, and that could very well be the case for some mm-hmm. rare unicorns in the space. But, but talk to us about this whole thing because people think that paid ads is is just the ultimate solution. It's like it itself provides all the solution. When well, we both know it's not... It's a part of it, but it's not the whole picture. So if you can mm-hmm. break all that down.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely it's not. As like I said, it's only going to amplify what's working or what's not working. Um, so it's a mindset, right? I mean, even when I when I was a team lead at the Cardone Current, you know, I used to always tell the media buyers that like, And actually, when I was learning, it was like that whole concept, like you can't think of it with your own pocket and you have to be willing to spend to get the data that you need to optimize and scale. Um, And and it goes both ways, right, for the media buyer or the agency owner who's running the ads, because you have to have, um, in a sense, a thick skin with that and understanding and, and being responsible with knowing what numbers you're looking at so you can optimize. But likewise, for the business owner, it's being willing to um, not spend because it's not it's not a waste. You know, I've heard a lot of people say I've wasted you know thousand dollars on ads. It's not a waste. It's, a, it's an investment. And at the beginning, you're 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 investing in data. You're not going to be investing in immediate return of customers. You're investing in the data you need to make the changes you need to optimize. Um, so that, that that's kind of always have kind of how I put it with clients. It, it, you have to have the right mindset for this. Um, And again, in terms of expectations, is that right? It's going through phases like the first. It's very rare that you'll get immediate results the first the first month, especially if you're starting out completely from scratch. Like that's again, not impossible, but it's not realistic. So the first step is always like finding out there's so much to test in terms of like launching something with paid ads. Like, you you know, your creative is one thing. Your messaging is another, let alone the actual funnel and how it converts. So there's multiple uh, faces of testing and testing each um, each element until you really make the whole piece of the puzzle, uh, you know, put it together. Um, so that that's kind of how I approach it in terms of budget, you know, we're talking about 1,500 or so, depending on what type of campaign and what your goal is, it might be feasible. I mean, we're talking about getting leads, um, in certain niches, it might be doable. We have a campaign running right now where we're literally getting, um, leads under $2. So, you know, you're spending 1,500, it's, you're going to get a handful of leads, but if you don't have a back end, if you don't have products in the back end to sell to them, I mean, are you really going to make a profit off that? So it's just really understanding like where your budget is going to and what your goals are uh, in terms of kind of panning that out. Um, but that's kind of how I approach it. Does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, big time. <laughs> I love that. Um, <clears throat> so, De- Deanna, I want to
1: take a step back and go go back into your journey uh, in, as mm-hmm. the development process, because to get to where you are today, to have the successful agency you have today, you you did a lot of mind work. You did a lot of uh, spiritual work. You did a lot of development that nobody will ever see, right? That, that right. that's behind the scenes. So can you talk about like, yeah, it's one thing to have an agency be build a success, be become successful and doing the work that you're doing. But there's a lot of hurdles you had to overcome in the journey across the process. And if you could just speak to that development process and what you've had to do to to develop yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, for me, first and foremost, is the spiritual part of it. Um, Because, again, and and how I am as a person, right? Like, I I need to, I won't do something if I know it just doesn't feel right for me. Um, So I needed to get to the point where I understood what felt good for me. So when, you know, for example, when that all went down, you know, in, in the brink up, up, um, the, um, I'm blanking on for not foreclosure, um, the bankruptcy and all that, it was like, kind of like that decision of, of what do I do? Right. So, going back to affiliate marketing for me felt wrong because i saw a lot of people hurt so i'm not saying all affiliate marketers are like you know bad or like you know misleading and stuff but i did see a lot of people get misled and um and eventually it just didn't work out for them i never felt as a victim because we went into it with the intention and mindset of like we're doing this and if it doesn't work then you know we made a choice to be here but i did see a lot of people um situation it wasn't like that so it didn't feel right for me so i think that was like the first aspect just being aligned and understanding you know where does god want me to be and i still work through that every day because sometimes you know we're always searching and he's there's he's always moving in our life in different ways and i think he's it's just the doors that he's open has led me here uh, but it's been, it, th- that's been the biggest thing, right? Like the spiritual um, growth and knowing how and when to, to you know, to, to say yes to him. Because <laughs> a lot of times it's so easy to just say no. <laughs> um, that was like the biggest thing. Um, the second thing was for me is, is always learning and just uh, educating, surrounding myself with um, with the right people. So I invest heavily in, in, in just learning more in terms of what I do in my craft. Um, to be able to get my clients the results they want so that's that's always I think you need to be willing to do that uh, because this changes every single every single day something's changing you know you hear about different methods different you know the new way of doing things um, so I've, I'm always looking at you know who, you know the, not, I'm not so much of a course person but um, I, I like like masterminds I like small groups I'm always looking at who where to join and what to do um, to just keep being, surrounding myself with the people who are, uh, who are knowledgeable in, this, in the places I need to be. Um, and that's always been in various things, right? I mean, when I was just a media buyer, like looking for different, um, how to become a better media buyer at that point. Like, you know, what resources or what persons, uh, group or course to buy into that um, shows me how to be a better media buyer. Now as an agency owner is like more so, okay, how to lead my team, like how to train my team better, how to keep growing. Cause you know, there's, there's a difference between being a media bar. And, and when I was, I was doing it all by myself at some point. And it's different when I have, you know, when I started bringing people in, training them correctly, and actually, um, just knowing how to set everything up so that I can successfully deliver results. So I think that's, um, That's like the second thing, just being willing to, um, invest in your own, um, knowledge really to just keep learning.
1: Respect. Yeah. A a lot of people think that, that, that's a, you know, gimmick of, you know, paying for masterminds and paying but but, like you said, it's, it's, it's essential. And and you realize like the more you learn, a lot of times there's more you need to learn because it's going to, yeah. it's going to change with, especially with Facebook and these algorithms. Uh, and so I'd be remiss if I don't ask you <clears throat> what is, as we speak right now in this moment, because it's going to change, but, but what is working? Um, and for listeners, small business owners, agency people that are, are listening to this, what is working right now from your perspective at, at this high level of view, seeing wide across different accounts, what's working from an advertising um, I know that's a very broad question, but but uh, yeah. You
0: know, I think, um, I mean, yeah, that's a very, in a sense, loaded question because honestly, I think that um, people make a mistake when they kind of chase the shining object, like the new method, the new way. When in reality, right, like that's all a deliverable, like you, um, it's what's in the back end that matters. Uh, so I'll, I always say, start with your offer and hone into that offer and the transformation that your offer brings to your client, because that's what, that's what sells. Like, it's not the challenge. It's not the webinar it's not the lead magnet. It's the actual transformation that you are getting your clients, um, so that that's that's all. i always kind of like try to put that into my client's mind because it's it's so easy to get into that chasing no you know i heard challenges are working want whenever run the challenge when for me for example i'll be honest being on this podcast is a big step out of my comfort zone i'm shy i i am very okay. <laughs> i am very timid um So the concept of even me thinking of running my own challenge, it's nerve wracking. Like, I I don't know if I would be good at it because I don't know if I would be able to deliver it the right way. Um, So it's also like finding what works for you, because if it's not if you're not comfortable, you won't sell it right. Um, so I think that's more so the the questions i I, I kind of put it in my clients' heads and then draft the strategy based on their strengths. Uh, I mean challenges, live events they they convert like crazy if you're the type of person who you know, kind of like where Russell Brunson talks about his um I'm blanking on terms again, but the attractive, attractive character, character, yeah, if you're that person, by all means, go for it, because they convert much higher, right? I mean, we all, we all know that in-person or live events, of whether virtual or in-person, they convert at a higher rate, um, so that's working, challenges, virtual events, it is working really well, yeah. um, but I will say it's working for those who know how to deliver it, it's not working because of just the concept of that.
1: That's good. That's good advice. I love it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> tell us about leads upward and how people can learn more. I, I know you kind of gave us the criteria earlier, but mm-hmm. anybody that wants to scale their business and take it to another level and be your next case study, what, what are some ways that they can they can get plugged in and work with you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm. you can always reach out to me on Facebook directly, Deanna Burgos. Um, or our, our landing page is leadsupward.com. Uh, I think it's forward slash profit audit. Um, we can drop the link there later. Uh, but those usually are the two places where you can reach me. Um, again, what we do initially is an audit call um, in terms of uh, seeing if we're a right fit to work together. Uh, But that's that's basically the first step. And the way I put it is like if you have a proven offer, if you have a proof of concept and you're looking for a growth partner, um, because I I don't refer to ourselves necessarily as an agency. Uh, I am not a traffic agency. I am a growth partner. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking to partner with the right um, business owners who want to grow and who want to build a partnership to actually make that grow, because it's a win win. If, If they grow, we grow. Uh, and we're both happy, so.
1: Beautiful. I love that. Um, Deanna, we always ask uh, a question on the show that you weren't prepped for, but I think you'll do an amazing job with. Uh, and that question is, what's the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? One's gift and one's purpose.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think... You know, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm still trying to learn that because it's like I said, if 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 I think back on, you know, my journey, I would tell you my gift was fashion design, right? Like the sketching, the drawing, the creating. I made my best friend's wedding dress. I'm going to make my best friend's, my, my sister's wedding dress. Um, I was gifted at that. But through my journey, I, I've realized that that wasn't my purpose. Um, so I'm still figuring that out. But I think it comes down to—I've never thought of this—but that's a really good question. But I think it comes down to just um, learning to be more in tune with not what you want, but with what God wants for you. Because, um, like I said, I would have never—I actually applied to go um, when I was in <laughs> when I was going to school for. Um, for fashion design, I, my dad couldn't pay for my junior year, so I had to take that year off. I went back and I finished, I caught up in the next year, so I graduated on time. But throughout that time, I realized I liked business and I wanted to double major in business. I, I didn't have the chance. I actually applied to get a master's in business after that and they said no, because I had no business major and I had no business um, <laughs> no business background, so they, they said no. Uh, So I always thought like, okay, well, you know, that's not for me, but it's interesting to see again, right? Like I always thought the fashion, I I never even intend to have a fashion business. I wanted to be that fashion designer or fashion stylist in New York. Like that was like the dream job, but it's not what God had for me. So I'm I'm, like, I'm still learning that in terms of your, you know, your gift and and your purpose. Uh, But it's been through that, like listening and kind of allowing him to guide me towards where he's where he wants me.
1: Yeah. Wow. Instead of styling outfits, you're styling offers and styling.
0: Yeah, oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I've never thought of that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. That's this is yeah. so awesome. Awesome, Deanna. Thank you so much uh for just sharing your story and and your and using your honesty and loyalty gift to, to just pour into the those that are hearing this. So anything I didn't ask you about that you just want to touch on, or do you feel like you covered everything? I think
0: you covered a lot. You did an awesome job, and thank you for having me. Um, I was very shy, so Again, I didn't even know if you would want me on the show, but uh, thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Um, and no, I think you covered all of it.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for pouring your heart to the people, and we appreciate you, and keep shining.
0: Thank too. Dear
1: listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called The Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it, and I'd love to give that to you as a free gift, as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast dot David the middle initial D, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S.com and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Live Podcast Network.